Hey everybody, welcome to the Young Ambiguous podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Gerald Del Valle, and I'm here with the lovely, irreplaceable, wonderful, beautiful, intelligent, <laughs> radiant wife, my wife, Laura Del Valle. Hi. Uh, she is a college graduate one up me there Woo! uh she has UCF. a degree in social sciences which is actually three minors and i can't remember them ever which are psychology sociology cultural anthropology she's super smart guys and i got her with a high school diploma so that's possible uh and i thought tonight we would record um, not because any of you are dying to know but maybe because there's like a slight question mark in your minds, it's kind of like, where did where did we Gerald go? Go and like, what happened in his life? Where and are we now? Yeah. So where kind of where we are and where we came from. So tonight, I figured, what better person to talk about this with than my wife, who walked through every step of this, um, not just with me, but she walked through it as well hmm. um, on her own path. And uh, it's pretty awesome for us to be in unity and moving forward and doing our life together still. So um, just figured this would be a good good thing to do. I agree. I like it. So we are going to try and discuss, you know, kind of what happened, um, sharing some of the messy details, but obviously trying to avoid uh, slander and gossip and only sharing what we experienced and not trying to throw people under the bus because if you've listened to this uh, this podcast before you know that i have some opinions and so i'm gonna try really hard not to share too many of my opinions but just kind of what happened and opinions are like butts everyone has one (laughs) (laughs) some are bigger than others (laughs) um so um just just to jump in uh where where are you at now, Laura? What what's going on in your life? Currently, you have anything big happening? No, never. Um, <laughs> I just started back at work today. Five months plus, about five months in a week after having a baby. Liam is now huge and beautiful, and we are so overwhelmingly adoring him, like beyond what even I imagined for a baby. I love him beyond that. And Mm. it's so fun and wonderful to be a mom. I am back at my job at Allstate as a licensed sales producer. So LSP. Woo. Wonderful. Crushing it. Almost a thousand emails. Basically a thousand emails to come back to and sort through. Um, But that's my current spot as of right now juggling wife mom employee all of that so it's fun it's not today wasn't as hard as i thought so that's exciting she killed it she absolutely killed it and for me i'm working full time uh kind of being like a performance consultant person helping coach a team of people um in their job and what you're really good at 
by the way. Just trying to be a dad, you know, to Liam and provide and be there for him as much as possible and have fun with my new family. And since Liam's arrival in June, um, a lot of things happened and all of that kind of has been preceded by a transition out of ministry at uh out of full-time ministry full-time youth ministry working with junior high students um, many of you know the church that i worked at and um you were there how many years 10 years a decade a decade i started in high school and worked uh with the after school program then i worked as the event and volunteer coordinator and then i got put in the role of youth pastor for the junior high students and um, that's the position I I left after six months what of was praying and thinking and discussions and getting advice and counsel and all types of things we were it was a process for sure and probably more than six months but I think so yeah, probably more than that. Yeah. Maybe more specifically, like, finding the advice for in the... Yeah. M- more seeking that out, maybe for six months, but... Definitely. We'd been praying and talking about it for a for while, while, and then yeah. the um, advice was the, you know, over time, processing what people were saying and taking their advice to heart and, and really thinking through it, and... um yeah, we both came to this place where we were ready to move on and Yeah, I mean that this was this this is a church that I went to um the only church I've actually ever solidly attended ever um since I was 13 um getting saved at a youth camp um down in Vero and going there a couple summers and probably after the second summer I went, um, I really started going full time, got invited by the same friends to the youth ministry, which I was just insanely in love with. I've, I met and still am friends with some of my closest friends, um, have all come out of my time, um, in youth and young adults and, um, kind of, I kind of always joke that I never left youth ministry. Like I just c- kept going and kept staying. And I think that's kind of the joke that Gerald has as well. Like just yeah. never left. Yeah. And that meant just working and serving and helping out at the church. For me, that was, um, obviously we're still relatively young. We're not 30 yet, but uh, <laughs> we're getting there. And this is, but 30 is still young. So, you know, one of the biggest, longest commitments that we had and, and solid places that we were a part of. And, and it's where our relationship with. started. It's where I met Laura and we started dating and it's where we, we got, got married. married. And so there's a lot of history there. And so walking away from it wasn't something we did lightly. Um, and not all, everything and, was bad there. So it's yeah, yeah. one of those things where it's like, there's there's definitely tons of great memories tons of great relationships lots of lots of growth and development personally as a marriage but for us we just started to notice certain things and 
experienced certain things that made it um, difficult. Yeah, difficult to to reconcile our 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 beliefs and our the way the walking out of how Jesus is and was and wants us to be versus kind of our idea of church and community and relationships and kind of some kind of at least from my view of just church leadership church kind of just the way it's all boils down to some things that we're not really exactly how we agreed with and not to say that we shouldn't ever disagree with things and still be parts of things but we really just wanted to be able to have a little bit more input and not feel marginalized I mean that's kind of a large word but yeah yeah I think you know, for me, the way I, I picture it is we were wrestling with so many things that were happening there, systemic things or yeah, it's probably better. different ways that people wanted to approach issues or different topics or different things. Or just the lack thereof of approaching. Or, yeah, the complete avoidance of certain issues as well that just couldn't be reconciled. Like you said, that was mm. a great word. We couldn't put what we felt the Lord was the Lord, yeah, the Lord is us and showed us, us to, yeah. like the way to live. We couldn't reconcile that with the way things were going. Things were going. Systems were set up, and and as a people fu- were doing things. as a future too. Um, I mean, kind of, the, kind of the clencher is like you want to be able to see your children grow up in a, in a church, um, and for me also I wanted to be able to see my family who doesn't come to church go to church mm-hmm. um, that was a huge thing that's probably it, one of the major things that always was on my heart and my mind was can I see my family coming here and sadly and resoundingly I would kind of always come to the answer of no yeah so many so many times there's so many nuanced things in our culture and then even in the subculture of christianity in the united states there's so many things that need to be nuanced conversations Mm. and very often they need to happen in circles they need to happen around coffee tables around dinner tables yeah very often very large blanket statements were said and or joked about Mm. and instantaneously that would strike that chord of can our un- unsaved family come to this church or and ever ever feel comfortable even just stepping foot in a service and never like coming to a service sitting through it and then ever thinking i want to come back and i sadly don't think that's at least at least for them at that specific church was not really the the place that i could see them coming yeah. And worshiping Jesus. And obviously, it's not that the church needed to completely cater, change yeah. or cater to our unsaved family to keep us there. There was a lot of other things, but that was something that on a consistent basis for it probably was my, years, we were yeah. noticing 
phrases and jokes and different things that were said that were obviously in inside the in-group right. it was clear and it was obvious like this is what that means and that's what it's referencing but to anybody who is not a part of that in-group it wouldn't make sense and it would sound downright calloused or yeah exactly harsh. callous and, and callous just, yeah to the and, point where it would it would be offensive and yeah. and not in like the sense of like oh jesus is offensive and like you know the gospels like the gospels of it's more of just like no, no that the, joke was just off color was, and, and off-putting yeah not not appropriate so yeah that was always my lip litmus test was kind of like looking through the lens of of somebody who i love and care for and yeah have really come to understand their points of view based on being you know their daughter or sister or whoever and and going hmm probably would feel really uncomfortable sitting next to them in church service and almost feel like i need to apologize to them so um that was always kind of something i took to heart and it really made an impact it did on on the way we saw ourselves at that church in the future and part of my not resolution but part of the word that i felt the lord gave me for 2016 was to be real and so in doing that i didn't feel like i should hold things back and obviously that doesn't mean like I was going crazy and, you know, saying everything that came to mind. But there was a lot of thoughts about culture, a lot of thoughts about just the way things functioned and were operating that I just decided, hey, what is the point of sitting here smiling and waving at everybody like everything's fine when inside or mentally or emotionally, I just know that wasn't really this is not how the I, case, yeah. I don't agree with this. I don't feel that this is right. What what was the point of me kind of just catering to the status quo? And so I started to discuss things. Um, in 2016, a really big thing was a lot of um, police brutality and, Mad, and Black Lives yeah. Matter and unarmed black people being killed while in custody or at the hands of um, in every possible situation in, in in numerous situations and that's not even a resolved issue but i started to discuss year. that with yeah. you know the youth staff and and trying to have conversations about that and i feel like um not that yeah. anyone could specifically run out and change anything yeah not that i was looking for solutions but i was looking for a place to bring something that I was walking through to be transparent, to be um, as a person of color, you were looking for that space to yeah. have that conversation and feel heard, feel seen, and, feel cared and to, for to the team's credit. It was never something that was shut down and it wasn't something that, um, specifically shut down or specifically like told yeah, you couldn't talk about it. Yeah. There was never a, a don't, bring this up but it was definitely after you know 2016 was a crazy year and lots of things happened and and you know there came a point where it was like are we are we still going to talk about this and I, and in my mind i was like 
we haven't even really started talking about it because we're only talking about literally the symptom, the thing that is happening on the onset, the outside, the the end product of the system and the things that are causing that type of um, thing to happen. So we hadn't even gotten to the heart of the issue in any of our conversations. And so I feel like there was just a, a breakdown there of what it meant to actually have a conversation about a difficult topic and like get to the root of it and figure out how we could help our students or help um, our church have those conversations in a meaningful way. And it was just, it was rough for you. It was was very rough for you. It was rough for me. I mean, uh, in so many ways, I wasn't having the same experience, but in my own, my own realm of my, my own process years before I studied a lot of things in my social sciences, um, degree that raised a lot of the same questions and pushed a lot of the same thoughts for me as far as why aren't we having these conversations? And I think Gerald, to his credit, was very much a sounding board and a listening ear for me in those years, 2013, 14, and 15. No, it definitely wasn't perfect. (laughs) But you gave me the space to work those things out and being someone who's white and talking a lot and looking at implicit bias and white privilege and the kind of just the kind of the whole shakeup in my world of seeing these things happen without words and then having the vocabulary to actually understand them and talk about them and kind of even almost berate you with questions of (laughs) of what is your experience why are what are you feeling and I don't think I gave you much opportunity to to just organically have those conversations I but I think that you were gracious in giving me the space to to talk about those things in our relationship and um I think that just prepped the ground on which I was in to be available for you in the hard times of yeah talking talking through things that we were both seeing happen a year or so later and it was it was rough for me because I could empathize and see myself or you in those situations and um yeah it was difficult to feel like I wanted all those same things you wanted of conversations and um the ability to to not shirk away from something but to boldly confidently say that you know this is what Jesus would be more like or this is what Not, we see him. Yeah, this is this is the response we read from scriptures, and I think part of the big part for me was how real it was, and I don't even remember how many hashtags total there have been or will be, and I just remember the one that made it real for me was Sandra Bland, and I just remember watching the video of you know her and the cops interactions and just to see that in a day 
she went from being pulled over for not using a turn signal or something like that. Yeah, she pulled she out of a signal, gas station. Yeah. She failed to signal. And then she ends up dead. And it, it it's just crazy to me the way that just can happen. And yeah, not it's not a big deal to many people. I mean, it doesn't impact many people. And to me, I just immediately empathized and could see myself in that position. And the one time I've been pulled over since then, it was like, that was actual real fear. I remember being pregnant in the car and literally trooper asked me to step out of the car. And it was like, Oh no, I was talking about the other. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, I did get pulled to over out, twice. To out you again. Um, but no, yeah, the, the, the time, the close, the, the time that you were pulled over in Georgia that season. was probably the, probably, what, 2015? I think that was 2015. Oh, so this wasn't even 2016. This was 2015, 2016. Yeah, I mean, there's been so many time. shootings and so many killings, sadly, that there's it's just been years of this it's just kind of but we can't even really mark it in our mind that one issue wasn't the totality of why we're leaving or those two issues there's um many a conversation and many um interactions and different things that have happened like with anything any reason you quit a job or move or anything you know there's it's not that you have one sometimes you have one instance and that's the start and end of why you do something, but sometimes it's just a slow build or a slow fade of this is we've been feeling certain things or you know you yeah I mean I started going to that church when I was thirteen years old, and you probably were what sixteen seventeen yeah um and not to say you can't stay at a church for thirty plus years or what, but as we've grown as people and as we've grown as a couple we were just you know our our ideas about god haven't really changed much but they've grown and and he's grown our love for him but also the ability to see him move in the world and how he loves us and how he wants us to love other people is paramount to I think how we are and the way I would describe it is it's kind of like our our bubble popped. We wanted to have conversations about culture and the bubble resisted that conversation, resisted bringing the outside in and and discussing it and having a conversation about it. And so and um, just how we we just my my personal thoughts were, you know, I want to see the church reflect how Jesus would act towards our community and our world and um and so many things are systems so many um you know our body is full of systems a different digestive system the circulatory system like god made systems for our bodies he made systems for families he made systems for so many things but I felt personally that there was quite a few systems at the church that were kind of preventing the actual love and service of people yeah, for the sake of and, and that's, what I'm, that's what I'm saying is like the yeah. culture, 
that we were trying to discuss was rejected by the bubble mm. and it was a hindrance to a in my estimation preparing students for the culture that we were going to graduate them from high school off into mm. and it was not allowing the church to have the nuanced like we said earlier the nuanced conversations around topics that need to have nuanced conversations yeah. and i think for for me personally as an employee as a as a youth pastor on staff at a church i really wanted to see and help students be prepared for the real yeah. world where statistics like one in three women will be sexually assaulted and one in five men will be sexually assaulted in their lifetime. So that, that is hurts. a third yeah, that hurts or a fifth of hear. every single church is going to have some kind of connection um, directly with assault, sexual assault of some kind. And so that means, you know, every three women in your church are going to be sitting you're going to be sitting next to somebody who is sexually assaulted or are the person who was sexually assaulted and that topic is rarely if ever covered and talked about in church and so for me it was black lives matter and police brutality that was what really struck my chord and kind of said hold up here like what 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 is jesus's heart what is he thought what are his, his thoughts what are what is a way that I as an ambassador, as a representation of Christ, can live a reflection of him in this time and in this place in a culture that is this is happening in? But also, how can the church that I work at be a part of the solution, be a part of helping people process and deal with this? And I felt, I felt that there was not like hardcore shut down resistance, but there was resistance to even having a nuanced conversation. And so for Laura and I, as we saw our culture and country going through a multitude of things over the years, we just didn't see a place at the church to have those conversations because it was, you know, focus on the main thing. The main thing's the main thing and everything else is, you know, not not as important and shouldn't be discussed which, at length which i always assume the main thing is jesus and i think that and jesus has yeah. had more interactions with people that in were the messiness right? in this in the most messy situations like jesus the would, very act of adultery with a probably mostly naked mostly woman. naked woman if not completely naked and he, having conversations with demon possessed a demon possessed man who was completely naked, like who cut Jesus, himself, like Jesus had the messiest of messy conversations, yeah. and like he, like as far as outskirts of the fringe of culture society. and society, he, he went was, there. He was all up in that. And obviously, I was not advocating for every teaching to be on the hottest news topic because those change every hour on the hour. Right. But I thought some of the big cultural shifts that were happening needed to be discussed. Yeah. When people have questions about culture, about um, kind of a trend that's happening in the world and they don't have a place. I mean, Twitter is a great place to have those conversations 
if and you're, an awful place and an awful place it's a great place and an awful place at the right. same time because sometimes it's just noise sometimes it's just a lot of people talking all at once and no sometimes there's facts sometimes there's not sometimes people are are kind and can have a full-on long conversation um or you can sometimes just rant and throw everything out into the wind and not really care who hears you but um but the whole point of twitter i think is to connect people and ideas and um the church should be that for the connecting people and the ideas the people in their church right of, the community you know, of the church yeah the community of the church sh- i mean that's that's basically all a church is is a body of believers so we're supposed to be the missing link connecting god to society and culture and helping exemplify right his ways and his teachings and the way that life should be and i felt that the um not adversity that's the wrong word but i feel like the, the pushback the is pushback it's, yeah, yeah it's, the, the the i'd say moderate pushback that i got for bringing those conversations so, yeah up and so much and so much of our experience beneficial. is our experience um so it's not to say that there's specific actual evidence that you know specific you well know, i mean things we have you can look a couple of things yeah but as far as if you if you try to you know it's not written on emails their website. or you know go through, it's yeah not, it's not written it's, explicitly it's, it's anywhere, not explicit but, but when you you feel like a tension moment when you bring something up between someone or you have like this idea that oh wow i should never even talk about this and it's or, a moment of transparency as right. a youth pastor i steered students and, and parents and different people volunteers away from certain topics and certain conversations that i knew are hard yeah kosher and i did some of those for good motivations to protect those people from you know stirring the pot in a way that wasn't gonna show them in a good light and also in in the bad way of just being like i don't feel like we need to talk about that so i'm not trying to say that i'm like a oh perfect, no way we person are perfect was you know blah 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 by the church or whatever but those things just as much as yeah just as much as you point your finger at some somebody else. specific instances and and i want to be cautious and um careful with my words as you know i don't i don't want to like say xyz about every little detail but there were some things that happened to both of us personally experiences that we had that kind of cemented those kind of these these things we've just been talking about are kind of nebulous things that we've been processing and thinking about for years and there was some very specific instances about some very heated topics mm. that came up that led that really so put it the, cemented yeah, it, right? it really put the forefront of of like whoa this is this is not just something i've been thinking about or feeling in the background this is actual like this is actually something i have to confront and think about because of the interactions we were having and the, some of the discussions that were mm-hmm. um, between to, between people that we it wasn't just um, some you know acquaintances friends yeah. of ours and it just it it ends up making you go I need to take a step back and reconsider and what am I doing what you know am I am I coming from this completely all wrong or um, I mean it makes you it makes you take a step back and 
and reevaluate on a lot of different levels. And um, for both of us, I think yeah. that those were pivot points of c- we can go one way or the other, um, continuing continuing to stay in the midst of those those places and amongst those people and or we could kind of see a different way of like well maybe we don't need to stay here and as somebody who is in love with change and is always just yeah you know not exactly at all in love with change i knew it was going to be quite hard for me to imagine i mean as much as i as much as I thought, oh, it's going to be a lot, you know, easier to just, pull. I mean, I always waffled back and forth between, oh, this is going to be completely easier or, oh, this is going to be terrible and hard for quite a few months. I was like, I don't know if I can, I, I just could see all the different things that I was going to be losing out on or um, just the kind of the negative view of this is going to be the worst um, but really, truly, it was more of just fear, um, because I was, well, yeah, in we, the, we'd been there for so long. I, I mean, that was my only church and that was my we experience had, with God was really deepened and, and cultivated there. We had a lot of things that were very comfortable, a lot of things that were the norm in our routine because of just the length I, of time yeah. that we were there. I'm not one to rock the boat and and I'm probably the slower decision maker of the two of us. Um I I just I was I was not easily I'm not easily swayed by changing things. So for me to feel even I think for me to even feel that that was a right move or the right step I think was something that deal, something sure. that God had to- totally had to like give me the release of or yeah give me the kind of the two inch push to like just yeah. get me on the path and, to be able to feel comfortable in in doing and those such were a really change. those were really heartbreaking um, conversations and events that happened because we really. Um, didn't see those happening and we didn't see those blowing up the way they did. I think it just blindsided us in a way that didn't. Yeah. It, it wasn't something that we were walking into going, Oh, we know this is going to be difficult. They kind of just popped up out of nowhere and really made us consider, you know, those little tubes where you can spin it and the things are all random. Oh, like kaleidoscope. Yeah. Kaleidoscope. That's the word. It was kind of like, we were just, it was just random. Like there was no real pattern to it and it just kind of came up out of nowhere and it happened. And so the first being a conversation and just hang out outside of work. We were hanging out with some people that we did ministry with and a hot topic issue came up and there was a disagreement on where we stood and that escalated to the point where Um, leadership was going to be notified of my position on said hot button topic and that it didn't line up with the church's view and that the recommendation would be for me to be I don't know corrected disciplined dismissed I don't know what would have happened my 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 thoughts after 
kind of everything happened and Gerald and I were talking at, what was it, a couple of days later, was this, this was going to be the end of his job there. It was kind of just going to be, this is it. My husband's going to lose his job. And I, I kind of was falling apart internally. Like this couldn't possibly be, could this possibly be the end of his career and what are we what are we gonna do for money and like that was that was was, it was a big thing and that was like for the most part it was a hot spiral it was a hot button issue that got really heated tears were shed voices were raised and then cooler heads prevailed a couple days later like a week later things died down and and kind of settled settled down there was follow-up conversations and some apologies and some kind of clarifying but not nothing really like nothing really changed nothing really changed but there was underlying difference of opinion on said hot button topic but we realized and we came to the conclusion that we weren't on opposite ends we just disagreed on whatever right yeah then a little bit later after the election in 2016 I had a lot of issues with the way that went, and um, I didn't hold back from sharing them, and I think a lot of people have issues with, you know, different things in regards to the election. And there's no perfect candidate, so no one can say that there's a perfect candidate out there that But basically, people close to me um, (laughs) wanted me to... um, change repent. Repent, i think repent was more um pray about and pivot my position on certain things um not like big like theological changes that needed to happen or big like this is what you are wrong in this that or the other but it was it was a couple of things a few things that they felt i needed to um redirect and change from and i felt the opposite i felt those were the things that needed to be pressed into a little bit more and those were my views and i felt firm in my foundation and believed that that's not not just how god wired me but that was where i landed after prayer and you know thinking it through with the word in mind so like that just kind of became a background back of the stove like back burner um disagreement or it just it that that fire didn't die in you i don't think no i had my beliefs they had their beliefs they felt that i needed to change mine i felt that they needed to accept where i was at and i i mean i can't i don't want to go into specifics i'm not going to name names but it was it was something that was close enough that it really for me cemented like the thought of do I need to be here? Is this is this really where God wants me to be? Um, and and one of the pieces of advice that I got is as long as you can do what you're asked, as long as you can do the job that you've been given, do it. But when you can't do what you feel you're called to do, when you can't do what God has put in you to do, then you you don't need to stay 
um, because that, you know, we have Saul and David as an example of uh, a man after God's heart who suffered under um, a bad leader, a terrible, downright murderous leader, um, but still lovingly cared and served that king, Saul, for a long time, David did, and never laid a hand on his head. And so in in that light, in that vein, I'm not trying to shame the church that we don't go to anymore, just share our heart and how we came to the conclusion that we came to to leave in January of 2017? 18, this year. This year. Um, and so I announced... It's been a long year, huh? <laughs> yeah, so basically um, the, the day I got my award for being on staff for 10 years, I announced to the rest of the staff that I would be resigning my position as a youth pastor um, at the church and then you got to kind of took a couple finalize things weeks and to finalize everything and got I, to say my last day was in january say my goodbyes. goodbyes at christmas service and yep and so i know there's a couple rumors that i was we were going to move to California. We still live. Which we know. I don't think we Bombay. ever understood where that rumor got started it's from. because I went on a trip. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know. I mean, somebody had to start the rumor. Yeah, so there, that's not true. Um, you had already planned that, that I'd planned trip. That trip and long, long before. And it was a good opportunity to get clarity. But um, yeah. yeah, you saw that as kind of just like a vacation slash, you know, just got to yeah. get to kind of like go out like spread your wings a little bit, give a little more confirmation from God. And then, so that, that is not true. Um, fun fact about that trip. Uh, I found out I was pregnant the day before he came back from that trip and yeah. got to surprise Gerald and With some amazing news. And, and the best part is when Laura told me maybe a minute into the celebration, I was just like, does this change anything? Because obviously that haunting thought goes, Oh, should I actually resign? Because like we're this about means, to have a kid. Yeah, this means you're quitting your job with not a specific job that you're going to take. And even though there would be some some ability to have the, some time between finding another job and I needed a job because I was about to have a kid. Yeah, so it just it it was for me was one of those things where Gerald wasn't worried about the. The real practicality of of a job and that's really the funny because I thought you weren't worried. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I took you. I think I was. I think God was preparing me and letting me follow your lead in that aspect because I, being the one that's the money cruncher, budgeter, like much more, much more in the weeds of our finances um and actually more of a warrior of our finances that i think that gave i think letting you seeing you react the way you did and um not being concerned and worried about what the next step was gave me peace about us leaving because i know you're not one to just forego your and any responsibility or forego yeah. taking care of um, what needs to be taken care of and you're such a hard worker that I could easily see that you're going to do everything you could to yeah get a job I always told Laura that if I had to work like 
three fast food jobs I would do it <laughs> to make ends meet. Um, but yeah, you know, that's kind of in a nutshell without too many uh, details where we walked through and how we came to where we're at now. And I think um, we're open books. If you guys ever want to reach out to us, talk Come to us. Come have dinner. Let's chat. We'll talk and... and um, I have a great Answer enchilada questions. recipe. I'm I'm She's in. I'm, They're so good I'm though. A, um, it's so, so simple that I want to make them all the time. <laughs> Laura's going to be starting a podcast soon of super simple <laughs> recipes. Laura found online. It's all crockpot recipes. Come on. But yeah, if you guys ever want to meet Liam, talk to us, ask us questions. If you are still confused and curious. I like coffee. Gerald likes hot chocolate. I mean, this is... Kids step easy. with whip this at is, Starbucks. This is an easy, so, easy hang. Starbucks, if you want to sponsor us, that's totally cool. But yeah, if you guys want to find out more or talk to us, that's totally fine. We're open to that. But I felt this would be a pretty impactful lesson. Not lesson. Lesson. Impactful <laughs> podcast episode. Um, just because, you know, it's it's been a while since we left and we hadn't really posted why we hadn't really talked about why anywhere and so i thought this would be a interesting yeah and i think that there's share it. definitely more to the conversation in a 45 minute podcast or so is not, not i don't think it. doesn't doesn't do it justice but i think it gives a little bit more of a insight and a start to the conversation of where we're at, what, why we are, where we are. Um, I mean, we still really love the Lord. We really want to pursue his plans for our life. And, um, I think that the change that we made, I think is at least widened my ability to see God move in my life and, um, given me the opportunity to, expand that view of of what's out there what's what he's able to do through us and yeah um kind of the step of faith that we have to take sometimes is scary and uncertain and but it's freeing and you it's have so free. a lot of possibilities and different things that open up and so um i always want to thank you guys for listening in i want to thank laura for being my guest interviewee slash wife for I'll, years. I'll do it anytime you ask. And so I think a cool uh, second conversation we could have is how some systems in church could be tweaked to help. But we'll save that for another time to help in some of those hot topic issues and conversations that need nuance. But that's a whole other episode. We're not going to start that right now. But thank you guys so much for listening to the Young Ambiguous Podcast. I'm Gerald, our guest, Laura, today. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Thanks for being here, boo. Um, you can follow us at Young Ambig on Instagram or Twitter um, and give us a shout. I'd love to uh, see who's listening. So like, Hit share, retweet, up, subscribe. Leave us reviews on iTunes. Apparently that's the biggest and best thing you can do for a podcast. Because Five-star rating. Well, hey, you don't want to ask for it. Hey, if it's not worth five stars, why are you listening? <laughs> well, don't get rid of my audience, Laura. Come on. I mean. Well, thank you guys for listening. Um, we'll catch you again soon. <laughs>